morning and welcome to our Sunday School Hour. I invite you to stand as we sing hymn number 162, God Be the Glory, Great Things He Hath Done. Standing for prayer this morning. Brother Tracy, would you pray for us, please? And thank you. Maybe seated unless you celebrate a birthday or an anniversary. We'd like to recognize you at this time.
Well, it's good to be in the Lord's house, and we have a lot to be thankful for and just praise Him for. Doesn't that drywall look a lot better than those studs used to? Isn't that a blessing? Good to have Brother Gus and his wife still with us. And uh, on Thursday, we hope to begin to transform that even more so. Uh, I'm not going to let him work on it till then because I just don't want to deal with the mess because we have revival, right? We got revival. We're going to start revival today and go Monday night and Tuesday night and Wednesday night. Hopefully you've got that all planned on your uh, calendar. You've got it all blocked out. Uh, no better place to be than your local church for revival. And so uh, thankful uh, for that and thankful to have the Wells with us who will introduce a little more. Um, you'll really get to know them. Many of you remember them from last year uh, when he stopped through and preached for us. It's good to have them with us. Uh, we teen class uh, will begin on Wednesday nights on the 4th of October. And so uh, teens will uh, start in the auditorium, then move over uh, to their class uh, starting October 4th. Uh, we have um, outreach, outreach scheduled on October the 7th at 9 and uh, be doing door hangers, writing cards, making personal visits and so forth. And so I encourage you to come and help us with outreach. Ladies' meeting scheduled October the 19th. Uh, more details to follow. Uh, the teens are going to have an all-nighter uh, on October the 27th. And it will be an all-night lock-in here at the church. Um, there's no cost, and you can drop your kids off at 8. They have to pick them up at a certain time? Yes. <laughs> Noon. Yeah, I'm sure they'll be... I'm sure they'll figure that out and give you a, a greater yeah, work on that. Uh, so they'll appreciate you picking uh, your teens up uh, anyhow. And then there will be a teen fundraiser. We've done this last couple of years, October 29th, um, following the morning service. We'll have a luncheon. Uh, all the funds raised go to help with youth camp, other activities that the kids are involved in. And so mark that down. Over here in our prayer area, we have many that we are praying for, ask that you would continue to pray for them. And um, then revival, of course, this week's a big one uh, to be praying about. And then uh, this, this other area, I've got two uh, prayer requests that are not here. And I would put it that we ought to be praying for one another every day because we don't know what a day holds. Um, so Miss Kathy woke up on Thursday in quite a bit of pain. Uh, and uh, she had uh, uh, ulcer and other problems from some surgery uh, that she had previously had, and it could have gone really bad. But God's grace was so good to her and us, because I'm not ready to let her go. Uh, and so we just need to thank God for his protection. Pray for her as she continues to heal. She'll be uh, probably another couple of days before she can go home. And uh, so please be praying for her. And then last night, uh, we have several kids uh, at Heartland, and several of them had gone to the fair that is there in town. They had a shooting there last night. Uh, praise God, none of our kids, as a matter of fact, none of the Heartland kids, or, uh, I don't know how many Heartland kids uh, were at the fair, but they were in a, a frantic hurry trying to count numbers and see who had checked out and signed out to, and where they had gone. Uh, so we can praise God that none of those were hurt. But just reminds us of the fact every day we need to pray for one another. Okay, just continue to lift one another up before the Lord. We don't know what a day holds, but our Lord does, and I'm glad he does. Amen? Because um, can I tell what 
what was, so Brother Marcus had a really great experience while he was flying this week. And uh, the plane he was in almost hit another plane in midair. There again, pray for one another. We don't know what a day holds. It kind of re- that story kind of reminds me, we were getting ready to land in Papua New Guinea. There wheels down, and I mean, we're just like feet from the ground. All of a sudden, this big old plane does an immediate up and hangs over on the side. And there was a car right in the middle of the road, uh, right there at the airport. So you just don't know. We need to pray for one another um, and uh, continue to lift one another up before the Lord. God is so good to us. And I'm afraid so many times we overlook the goodness of God and his blessings to us. So um, we just finished with with the recharge. We had 450 men uh, from Colorado, Iowa, Nebraska, Arkansas, all kinds of places come and the preaching was really great, and several of our men went. And so I'd like to give them opportunity to give testimony today. Uh, if you went, men, and you'd like to give testimony for the Lord, if you would uh, want to maybe assemble here on the front row as Brother Foster comes and lead it, leads us in another song, and then we'll do some testimonies. And I think it'll be good to hear how God moved in our lives. And so, men, if you would do that. If you would stand once again, we'll sing hymn number 324, Draw Me Nearer, the first and the last verses. start with Brother Lalo. Anybody else, uh, any other guys interested, please come forward. Well, I was just thankful I got to go. Surprisingly, this is my first men's recharge that I've ever been to. Even being at Heartland, I was never able to go for one reason or another, but um, it was awesome getting to serve and help and getting to go with our men. Um, It was a blast. Uh, There was a lot of fun stuff that happened, obviously. Got to hang out and go back and forth and uh, that was a blast, but obviously we went there for the preaching, and they were all really good, but the, I'm just going to talk about the one that spoke to me the most was Brother Sam Davison on Friday night, and he preached um, out of Psalms 119, 165, um, that, um, and he just highlighted the fact that, you know, you think it's impossible for me to get to a point where anything that comes your way doesn't offend you, 
but the Word of God says that that is possible and that you find that that becomes possible once you fall in love with the Word of God and, and you're in awe in it and you're in it every day. Um, and, you know, it, it's a thought, it's a crazy thought to think that whatever anybody tells me, whatever happens in, in my day, it's impossible for me to get to a point where anything can happen to me and it won't offend me, it won't budge me. But he says, he, he, he highlighted in that night that the Bible tells us it is possible, and how Jesus even says it's possible when he was talking to John the Baptist and he was in prison, about to be beheaded. It's possible that if you, if you fall in love with the Word of God, if you're in it every day, if, if you let it change your life, you can get to a point that no matter what comes your way, once you're grounded in the Word of God, nothing will offend you. Nothing will trip you up. Um, and, and that was just a great message to hear, especially nowadays. You know, it's, it's just a group of men, so you, you, you don't have to watch what you say as much as if it was a mixed up. So Brother Sam was just letting us have it and saying how, you know, a lot of churchy, churches get offended about anything and anything that happens. And it really needs to start with the men just getting grounded in the word of God. And the other messages were about leadership as far as us, us men leading the church and leading our families. And it was all just a great, great meeting. And I'm thankful I got to go. Thanks for pastor. And um, just that we get to do this and get so involved in it. So that was my testimony. Thank you. We got uh, several guys working throughout the building in Sunday school classes and so forth. Brother Foster. As Brother Lalo said, it was a great meeting. Enjoy going uh, and seeing under the preaching of God's word, and these men certainly did that as they founded upon what God laid on his, their hearts, and uh, certainly spoke to me. A lot of reminders, uh, often what it is, but find yourself sitting under that and say, "Well, I'm doing so well in that area. I uh, need to sharpen sharpen my life and things." Um, as it seemed like the, the messages just flowed together as they normally do, and uh, probably the one that spoke to me the most, they all were excellent and something I could take away from every one. Uh, but Brother Chad Berry uh, brought a message on that spiritual leadership, and it was interesting. He was talking about the ark, and in spiritual leadership, you're not getting people to focus on you and what you're doing, but you're having them look past you, looking to the Lord Jesus Christ, and, and helping them and pointing them to Jesus Christ, and that's exactly what we need to be doing. And a good message, good reminder of, you know, our role as husbands, our role as leaders in the church, as men, and, and what we need to be doing, and just helping others see Jesus Christ, and pointing them to him, and encouraging them to follow, um, but it was a good time with my boys, they were there all but Stephen, and uh, enjoyed time with Jared, getting to see him again, and had a great time in the Lord, and fellowshipping with each other, and all that the Lord did for us, and hearts, and drawing us closer to him. Good time. Encourage you to go get a chance. All right. Um, so I really uh, received a lot of blessings this year. Um, the message Brother Steve uh, talked about was one that was uh, uh, impactful in my life. Uh, we had a guy named Alfred King. Uh, that came and preached also. Brother Alfred uh, did a great job. Of course, Brother Sam, I mean, he always hits the home run. And so uh, it was good preaching, and uh, it was good to see that many men. There's just something about that many men singing together, uh, very lifting praises to God that's real encouraging. Um, but probably my greatest blessing wasn't um, a message and wasn't uh, the numbers of people that attended there, but for the last week, I've been texting back and forth 
with one of my sons, and um, it's one that we pray for every week. And he he said, uh, we're talking, and uh, I was kind of left with the idea that, you know, I'd slip away and go meet him someplace and because uh, he wanted to see me, and lo and behold, he shows up, and he hangs out all day long, and then he goes, it'd be okay if I stay for the first service, and I'm like, no, no. <laughs> I said, yeah, it'd be awesome, and uh, he did. I don't know. I don't know where that'll lead, but it was a great moment. This goes to show that we need to keep praying. That uh, not always in our time frame. I don't know how many times Cindy and I have prayed if it's being taken one of our lives. It is a team. I tell people many times, there's no hurt as that of a child. So you get to reap some benefit as you faithfully pray for him. And uh, don't give up, okay? Um, but it was a great victory. I praise God for it. All right, any of you young guys want to say anything? Give you an opportunity. Okay. Anybody else want to say anything? The recharge? Okay. Going, going, gone. Brother Wells, it's good to have you with us today. And uh, he's come all the way from, well, really Nebraska. He came to us from Texas through Missouri, through Nebraska, back with us. Uh, Mrs. Wells' folks live up in Hastings. I preached for them a month ago and had a great time up there. And uh, so Brother Wells has uh, agreed to come and to preach uh, our revival. I'm really excited to have him. He's become a great friend. Um, I would just challenge you in this. Uh, I really believe the scripture is true that a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And I never want to get to the point that I think I've got all the friends I need. I try to live by the philosophy I'm always looking to make a new friend. And that happened, Brother Harold. Uh, God brought him into my life. Uh, there was uh, almost an instant melding of our hearts together and our vision and our love for the Lord, our love for our families. And he's given us a love for one another. And so I'm excited to have him come and preach our revival this week. You could come and Bring us some thoughts during this Sunday school. God bless. I want to thank you for the, uh, is this one? I think we're okay now. All right. Well, I want to thank you for the opportunity to be here. Um, Brother Metzinger said some things already. That when he said our hearts were knit together, I'm telling you, if you haven't figured out this by now, that your pastor loves people, you missed it. Uh, you missed it. I know that. I've, um, I'm not as friendly as he is. I have this natural disposition that says I'm mad all the time. That's not the case. I have to smile like a moron for you to know that I'm in a good mood. So, uh, but him, he's just friendly. He's just friendly. That comes natural for him. I'm I'm glad that God brought our paths together. In fact, it was uh, through his youngest son uh, that that really got my attention. It was at a pastor's meeting in Branson that uh, he spoke at, and 
I knew his son. I, I was aware of him, and I said, hey, if you're looking for a reason to get down into our area and, and see some of your family, uh, let me be your excuse. And it was really through there that um, we just began talking and talking and talking and, and haven't stopped, and I'm glad for that. He, he, I love him. He's one, of the, he's one of the few men I can say, I love you, and it not be weird. You know what I mean? I'm just being honest. Some guys will say, love your brother, something like that, but I know he means it, and I appreciate that. That, that means a, a lot. Uh, it's been about a year since we've been here. A lot's changed for us. Um, all things are well, but uh, life happens for everyone, and uh, I'm glad to see familiar faces. I'm glad that you're still faithful this morning. Uh, I tell our guys every morning in Sunday, in Sunday school, we have a men's prayer meeting beforehand, and I'm just thankful for the, that our men that show up week after week after week, and then that turns into decades and things of that nature, and I'm, I'm glad for that. Last year when we were here, <clears throat> I introduced uh, I, uh, this thought. Y'all, came, y'all thought I came to play games, and I wasn't. Uh, Jenga. Uh, so during the afternoon service, what we've decided to do is uh, have a business meeting and change the name of the church to Jenga Baptist Church. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. But I'm glad to be here. Uh, I remember being here last year. I'm glad for the opportunity to be back again. Preach revival. That's an honor. Um, I, uh, revi- what is revival? Is it, did it come in our van? I promise you there's no more space in our van for anything else. So if you thought revival was in our van, it's not going to be found in there. Uh, that's the truth. Um, but what is revival? Really, well, the Metzinger has asked for you to attend two extra services outside of what he would typically expect. Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, Wednesday night, those are things that he kind of expects. But he's really asked for just two extra services. So I would ask that you uh, uh, intend, not just attempt, but what he said, he said, carve out the time to be here those nights. Um, I had, uh, we had a revival meeting here not too long ago, and somebody on the way out, if I'm being too practical already, I guess I'll find out when you don't come to the 1030 service, but they said, yeah, we won't be here on this night and that night, and they said, we've got, our dog just had a, uh, we just got a puppy, and I thought to myself, they just told the preacher that, they're not coming because they got a puppy? And uh, I knew who it was, and I talked to him about it. It wasn't ugly, but I said, listen, I said, we've got six kids, two dogs, and those things just had eight puppies, and we, and we came to church. <laughs> so I'm just saying, come to church, come to church. I think it'll be a, an encouragement to you. I think it'll be a help to you. How do you know if you need revival? I wrote down two thoughts. Anybody familiar with that guy, Jeff Foxworthy? Jeff Foxworthy, he used to say something like this. Uh, you might be a redneck if, you know what I mean? Are we okay with saying that word here? You might be a redneck if. Uh, I'm from Texas. That's more of a, a noun than it, is, than it is an adjective. That's, that's almost like calling somebody by their name, but it might be a redneck if. And, uh, that was replaced with these expressions right here. You might need revival if. You might need revival if. You might need revival if you didn't know revival started this week, <laughs> right? You, you might need revival. You might need um, you might need revival if you've already determined not to attend, right? You just say, I'm not going. Yeah, you need, you're the, you're the exact one we're talking about. We need revival. So I really tried to pray about what, how to lay out these first couple of services. And uh, I, I do believe this, revival starts in the home. Revival starts in the home. Revival starts with the heads of the home, more specifically. Uh, revival starts with the heads of the home. I do believe that uh, because I know this. Uh, my wife and my family would follow me off the edge of a cliff. You know what I mean? I'm just going to go wherever I go. 
wherever the head turns, the body's going to follow. And I'm glad, that's a, that's a sobering responsibility for me because I get to be a father, I get to be a husband, I get to be the, the head of a home, and they're going to follow my leadership, and, uh, which means this, I need revival. I need my heart to be right. I need my heart to be right towards the things of God. And so, certainly not in a suitcase, it's not uh, uh, anything like that, it's really going to be just that God's people want to be right. So I encourage you to invite somebody this week. If you don't mind, go ahead and grab your Bible and turn with me to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5, and stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Brother Metzinger, what time? What time is it? 10.15. Quarter. Quarter after. And according to that clock, it's 8.55. We've got a long ways to go. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 5, um, verse number 22. Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 22, the Bible says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. You could underline that in your Bible. He just says basically be good to your wife. It's the same as being good to yourself. That's what he's saying. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. We're going to stop our reading there for the sake of time. And I want to just preach to you uh, for a few minutes on uh, loving his bride and loving your bride. Loving his bride and loving your bride. So let's, let's pray. Lord, we do ask that you just help me this morning. Pray that you slow me down a little bit. And Lord, you give me clarity of thought, clarity of speech. Pray to be a help this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. There's... <clears throat> There was a husband and wife, and uh, they liked to journal some things after they were married. And the wife wrote down a few things in her journal, and it went something like this. Tonight, I thought my husband was acting weird. We had made plans to meet at a nice restaurant for dinner. I was shopping with my friends all day long, so I thought he was upset at the fact that I was a bit late. But he made no comment on it. Conversation wasn't flowing, so I suggested that we go somewhere quiet so we could talk. He agreed, but he didn't say much. I asked him what was wrong. He said, nothing. I asked him if it was my fault that he was upset. He said he wasn't upset, that it had nothing to do with me and not to worry about it. On the way home, I told him that I loved him. He smiled slightly and just kept driving. I can't explain his behavior, she writes. I don't know why he didn't say, I love you too. When we got home, I felt as if I had lost him completely, as if he wanted nothing to do with me anymore. He just sat there quietly and watched TV, she continues to write. He, he seems to be distant and absent. Finally, with silence all around us, I decided to go to bed. About 15 minutes later, he comes to bed as well. But I still felt that he was distracted and his thoughts were somewhere else. He fell asleep and I cried. I don't know what to do. 
I'm almost sure that his thoughts are with someone else. She ends with, my life is a disaster. His diary on that same night, his diary reads, a two-foot putt. Who in the world misses a two-foot putt? (laughs) I'm telling you, men and women are different. Amen. Amen. Very different. And they should be. That's how God made them. Male and female created he them. Very, very, very different. Uh, One man said this about uh, there being a difference between men and women. He says, we always hold hands. He says, if I let go, she starts shopping. (laughs) Another man said this, "There's, there's a way of transferring funds that is even faster than electronic banking. It's called marriage. It's true. Men and women are very, very different. Men... They like to explore. I've got, uh, I got two boys and four girls, and they are very different. Uh, Seth, he is a, he's a little bit of a, I don't know if you've ever seen, um, what was it, Old Yeller, that little boy on Old Yeller. Uh, he's the one with the frog in the pocket, and he, that's how Seth is. I'm just saying boys are different. Uh, men like to explore, that type of thing. If there's a trail, uh, Seth's going to find the end of it. He's going to wander, and Men, they, they have the mentality that I want to deliver the goods. They want to know what's next type of thing. Do you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Ladies want to kind of linger in the moment a little bit. Men want to know uh, something like this. See task, conquer task, next task. That's our thinking. Uh, what's the problem? Here's the solution. That's kind of how we think. We look for opportunities. Men are taking chances, things of that nature. Men are the initiator on some things and Men like to be competitive, and they like to dominate certain things. And I'll be honest with you, with that kind of description in society today, that's called toxic masculinity. However, coming off of, all right, I failed to say it already, but this is like Recharge 2.0, okay? I'm going to like really kind of drive some things at the men, maybe that didn't go, but this is my chance to kind of come in and try and reinforce some things that y'all have heard all weekend, but... That's really considered a toxic masculinity, everything that I just mentioned. Things like strength and self-reliance and uh, aggression and muscles. That's, that's really toxic in our culture today. However, women are a little bit different. They, uh, they value intimacy above action and things like that. They, they are slower, they're slower to make choices and they're a little bit uh, more reluctant with relationships, and they, are, they like security, and ladies should, you know what I mean? You can help me out there, ladies, yeah. You like those type of things, and ladies, of course, uh, are modest. Uh, we know that to be true. They know that they have something special, and it's not to be given away, and uh, things of that nature. That's just ladies today. They use their words very carefully. Uh, there are uh, some ladies who just, uh, God's given them the unique ability just to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, there's people in our church, they are talkers, and the husband is the listeners. But men and women are <laughs> supposed to be the listeners, okay? Men and women are different. Uh, they're, they're different, and they should be. But so is the local church and her bridegroom. Uh, so is the local church and her bridegroom. So I guess I'm trying to parallel just a couple of things here that, hey, You should love your bride, but then you should also love his bride as well. Uh, There's some things that are very different, uh, but so is the local church and her bridegroom. You see, when it comes to this relationship, we are very different. He is is holy, and we are sinful. Do you know what I mean? Uh, It's true. 
We change with time, but the bridegroom, the ancient of days, never changes. He, he never changes. He's never in the wrong, and he's never out of sorts, and there's, that's something no local church could ever make the claim of. There's no perfect church, but I'm telling you, he's always perfect. Now, I know every husband would like to think that he's perfect, but we're not. You know, it's just not the case. Yeah, the Bible reads in verse number 25, here's what it says. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Despite our imperfections and all our shortcomings, I'm just telling you, he loves this church with all its imperfections. I didn't just accuse it of problems. I'm just saying Jesus Christ undeniably loves the local church. Would you agree with that? Say amen. He does. He absolutely does. And it represents this marriage relationship. It's been said that, listen, maybe you've heard it before, that love is, uh, that, uh, love is blind and marriage is an eye-opener. I'm telling you, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus Christ loves this church. Uh, you should love your wife as well. Listen, I guess what I'm saying is there's no pulling the wool over his eyes. You might be able to slip one past your wife, but you're not going to slip anything past Jesus Christ. He is all-knowing, and He knows everything about this relationship. There's no pulling the wool over His eyes. Not only does He love His church, the Bible gives us this wonderful illustration that He's married to it as well. In a day when separations and divorce have become common, I'm telling you, He loves His bride with all her faults. If I could say it this way, He's committed to this relationship. He's committed to this thing. He's committed to this thing. Let's be real honest. There's a big difference between uh, dating uh, and commitment. You know what I mean? There's a big difference between dating and uh, really true commitment. Uh, true commitment. Today's dating looks more like this. Uh, if you hear someone say that they're dating, that means basically it's temporary. Or maybe if they say they're dating, they're, they're keeping their options open. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's today's idea of dating. Are we all on the same page? I know it's Sunday school, but I'm trying to kind of get us out of the gate here. But today's idea of dating is something like this. It keeps the options open. You know what I mean? It's a mentality that says, what can I get out of this? Or it's really a pleasure of my own choosing. Or when I want to date, I answer the phone and say yes. It's really one of those friends with benefits mentality when, when we use the word dating today. We all agree with that? I think that's what society out there would call dating. However, I'll be honest with you, marriage is commitment. Marriage is commitment. There's something different about that. Marriage is dedication. Marriage is devotion. Marriage is faithfulness. That's hanging on your wall. Marriage is loyalty. Marriage is responsibility. Marriage is duty. Now, there's all kinds of things that come with Marriage. I guess if I could just give you two points, here they go. Listen, you be committed to your bride. You be committed to your bride. Listen, I may not be good at a lot of things, but listen, I can be faithful to God and I can be faithful to my wife. You be committed to your bride. Listen, I remember the day I went from uh, being interested in Jennifer to being committed to Jennifer. Listen, I remember, I remember it very well. It was about 16 years ago. My wife and I, listen, I know, I know, I know that I know that I look like I'm probably closing in on 50 and she looks like she's 35. I get it. I get it. My name is Harold, yet you invited me to do your revival and I'm grateful for that. A name like Harold doesn't really go, oh, I'd like to meet that guy. <laughs> listen, when she was in college, 
when she was in college and they found out we were engaged, she was like 24. She said, I got engaged. They said, what's his name? She says, Harold. And they said, is he like 42? <laughs> I'm like, no. Uh, there's also 10-year-old Harold's as well. I'm, I'm just saying this right here. I remember the time I went from being interested to committed. She had just graduated uh, Bible college, and uh, you know she kept chasing me down, and she kept <laughs> blinking her eyes, and I'm just kidding. Right. Remember, we were we were uh, interested in each other, and her parents were missionaries to Peru, and she, they just come in for her graduation, and it was time for them to go back. I was working in Dallas. They were in Oklahoma City at the time. She thought I was working. I had already talked to her parents about the relationship and things like that. My mom helped me, told me what she liked out of a ring, and we did all those things. And uh, So she's at Olive Garden with her parents. Her parents are about to jump on a plane and fly back to Peru. So they're, they're at Olive Garden. And uh, I thought, okay, this is the opportunity. I found the ring. I did all those things, and uh, I took the day off of work. She's having dinner or lunch at Olive, Gar- Olive Garden there in Oklahoma City, and I know what she's thinking. She's thinking it hasn't happened yet. She's not asked the question, and my parents are leaving I'd kind of been working with her dad on some of these things, and I said, okay, here's the plan. I said, I'm going to take a day off of work. I'm going to meet you all in Oklahoma City, and then while you are at lunch, I'm going to come in, and I'm going to surprise her, and that type of thing. And he did real well. He kept a secret. And so while she thinks I'm at work, I'm out in the parking lot. I got a dozen roses out there, right? And I, I, took, a, I took a piece of, uh, like a piece of, it wasn't fabric. It was a ribbon or something. I took that ring, and I wrapped it. I tied it all, tied all the roses up, and I put that ring right in the middle, made a nice little Maybe it wasn't a nice bow, but it was the best bow I could do. I did the best I could do. And listen, I got with the manager. We got in touch with the manager. I said, hey, here's what I'm doing. They said, it's, that's a great idea. He gave me the little apron and everything. I took, the, I took the roses and I put it on a platter and I started walking through there, right? I started walking through the store, or not, not the restaurant, just like that. People started turning their head. Jennifer's got her back turned over there on that side. And I remember walking in and I see, uh, there she is. And I come in there, and uh, man, like a crash landing, I landed on my knee. I la- <laughs> Everything became blurry after that, okay? <laughs> I don't remember what all happened. But I'm just saying this right here. I went down interested, and I came up committed. You know what I mean? So all I'm saying is this right here. I, listen, there's a very big difference between being interested and committed. And I'm afraid a lot of people today are just interested in church. They're not really committed to it. Uh, there's a big difference. You understood that when you, when you got it married, my friend, that, hey, listen, that there was a great difference between dating or courtship and being interested. Then eventually came time when you were committed to this relationship. Listen, one thing that destroys that commitment is, listen, just simply being unfaithful. I know we're in Sunday school this morning, but let's just go ahead and get it out of the way. Nothing destroys trust more than being unfaithful. You be faithful to your bride. Ma'am, you be faithful to your husband. Listen, uh, there's just something about being, there's just something about uh, her, me being able to t- wrap her up in my arms and her know that, hey, listen, uh, I'm, not, I'm not texting anyone else. And I, I'm, she doesn't have to listen, a mercy a lot. No one's above this type of stuff. I guess that's all I'm saying. But there just does something in someone's heart to know that, hey, you are mine and I am yours. Yeah. Man, alive. That just, man, that just does a fire in someone's relationship. What, what, what hurts that? I'm telling you unfaithful unfaithful so be committed to your bride you be committed to your spouse you be committed to your husband but then not just that listen hey we know that hey he is committed to this local church listen we don't have to wonder about where he's at on this position we know where he stands on this position he loves this church 
He's faithful to it. He's very faithful to it. Something about just saying, I'm yours and you're mine. You'd be committed to this church. I asked just before service, I said, how long have most people been here? And he said, somewhere around 20 years, 10 to 20 years, things of that nature. Man, that fires me up. Good for you. Good for you. I read this story about, uh, about someone who wrote a letter to their church. So uh, I guess if you were taking notes, you'd be committed to your bride. But then be committed to this bride as well. Somebody wrote a letter to their pastor. They are talking about church attendance and things of that nature. And uh, it went something like this. It says, you often stress attendance at church as being important as a believer. But I think a person has a right to miss now and then. I think every person ought to be excused for the following reasons. And here are the number of Sundays that I think are uh, justifiable. Christmas holidays, the Sunday before and the Sunday after. New Year's, uh, we'll get one Sunday for that because we stayed up too late. Easter, that's good for two Sundays. Going to be gone July 1st, that, or July 4th, one Sunday. Labor Day, well, we need two Sundays. Uh, school is closing and kids need a break, that's good for a day off as well. School reopens, we need one last summer vacation. Then there's uh, cousins' graduations, we'll be gone for those as well. Family reunions, one for my family, one for hers. And then we know we're going to sleep in late, so we'll give about nine Sundays for that. Sickness, well, we've got five family members, and you can guarantee everyone's going to get sick, so about five Sundays there. Probably also have a business trip, that'll be one of those. And We need three vacations, and then we've got to have bad weather days as well, we'll miss a couple Sundays there. Then there's unexpected company. And then we know that most people never realize the time change, so we'll probably miss that Sunday as well. Pastor, that leaves two Sundays per year. So you can count on us being in church on the fourth Sunday in February and the third Sunday in August, unless we are providentially hindered. Sincerely, faithful church member. (laughs) So listen, I guess what I'm saying is this right here. You be committed to your bride. I think we ought to be able to leave here this morning and say, I'm going to be committed to my bride. But then I'm also going to be faithful to his bride as well. I'm going to be committed to this thing. Why? Because he's committed to it. So let me ask you a couple of questions. Um, What I've found in my short years of pastoring is a lot of people, uh, uh, not a lot, I shouldn't say that, some, they have a dating mentality when it comes to the church. What I mean by that is, I'm going to go over here for a little bit and see if it works out. If it don't work out, I'm going to keep my options open. I'll go join somewhere else. And it encourages my heart a whole lot to hear, been there 10, 20, 25, and 30 years. People have been here as long as Brother Metzinger's ministry has been here. Encourage, hey, that's not dating mentality. That's commitment mentality. I think every church needs that. You be committed to your bride. You've got to be able to look your wife in the eye and say, hey, I am yours and you are mine. That does something. That'll create a revival in the home right there. And then it'll create a revival in the church. Say, I'm, you don't have to tell your preacher whether you're in or not. You just be committed and he'll figure it out. Be committed and he'll figure it out. Let's bow forward to prayer. We'll be dismissed here in just a minute. Lord, this morning, just tried to, just tried to lay it out there already that uh, we need to be faithful. We need to be faithful to our spouse. We need to be faithful to your church. Lord, I thank you for it. Thank you for purchasing it with your own blood. Help us leave here this morning more committed to a spouse that sits by our side and the church that we attend, that you love and that you died for. 
Pray that you bless our time the remainder of the day. In Jesus' name, amen. Brother Metzinger.